Welcome to Perfectly Adequate, the podcast that tells real-life stories that show you how we got from here to there. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I'm going to okay. give like a, a clap and then you, you take the lead, all right? All right. Ready? Was that not very good? <laughs> was it too good? The clap keep was it, too keep good. It, right, keep, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. All right. Hey. Um. That was us trying to start the podcast. Podcast. Um. Hey. Hi, everyone. This is Eliza. This is Sarah. Eliza and Sarah here, back at perfectly adequate, doing, doing this podcast, living the dream. Everyone. Our lives are very perfectly <laughs> very adequate at this moment in time. Adequate. The adequate, heavy on the adequate side. Heavy on the adequate the side. The moments that we did not record, about 30 minutes of banter before this call, <laughs> and it summed it up. Everything is very adequate right now. Everything is very adequate. Um, Sarah, last time you asked me a question to get rolling, I feel like I should probably ask you a question. Question is, Sarah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. That oh, first of all, <laughs> in college, yeah, I you still do this, I think, but like everything you said was always in threes in that ridiculous. Voice. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. It like or kill me, kill me, kill me, or um, I don't know. Just everything was like. Da, 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 da. Uh, okay, I have to like. So the Simpsons movie, I just like <laughs> love that movie and. comes in threes thing comes from <laughs> so in that movie homer goes to this like this polluted lake and he's not supposed to dump anything in the lake because it's so polluted <laughs> and he takes his stupid pig with him his pet pig and he's gonna dump this silo full of pig crap in the lake <laughs> even though everyone told him not to and he just like lets it go and it goes in the water and the whole water turns black and he like gets in the car next to the pig and he goes drive 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 and i'm like in threes everything in threes is good i have so many follow-up questions so you like did you do you watch the simpsons no just the movie <laughs> when did the movie come out man i we were in high school because i remember my mom, my sister, and I, as a family activity, went and saw the Simpsons movie. And the whole time, I was like, my God, that's funny. Like, that is just some grade A comedy. <laughs> Have you ever considered watching the show? I mean, I feel like you would like the show. Yeah, I mean, like, I like, I'm definitely, like, adult cartoons are my vibe. Like, you know, <laughs> South Park, Family Guy, American Dad. Like, I love those shows. But The Simpsons, like, man, this isn't as funny as the movie, even though the show is like, <laughs> this whole thing is just like quintessential Sarah. Like, it's just the, the weirdest, like, I don't know if I've ever met someone that has so many things that like don't line up. You could not at all like look at Sarah and expect her hobbies or what she likes to watch. You could not look at what she likes to watch and determine what she does for work. Like, it just is... That's true. Yeah. That is all really true. I just feel like I'm more 
I feel like it just, it's all pretty predictable. Like, I don't think I'm predictable, but I think I fit, like, uh, a marketing thing, you know? Like, I don't know. I get you. I I think that I enjoy being an enigma. You you do. I I I would I would agree. You also enjoy weird words like enigma. Everybody, you heard it here first. The original hipster. Do not do what I do because <laughs> I am the first. <laughs> oh, what a time to be but alive! Everyone watched the Simpsons movie. Seriously, it's so. I'm funny. never. I'm never watching that. But thank you. One time we'll watch it. We'll watch it one time. <laughs> I have watched some weird stuff with you. What What did we watch when we were at your house last time? No, no, no. It was a guy with animals in the water. Oh, river monsters. <laughs> it's a great show. Another good one. <laughs> Just the fact that I go, a guy with animals in the water, and you go, ooh, ooh, ooh. River monsters. Yes, it's correct. It's definitely river monsters. Yeah, like everyone raise their hand if they've ever watched <laughs> River Monsters. I mean, it okay, can't if you be. have not, you have to. Oh my <laughs> so God. good. Um, well, okay, two questions. Okay. Pumpkin spice lattes, where are we at on it? How do you feel? So, unpopular opinion. Okay, per- well, okay, listen. <laughs> I am, like, such a picky eater. So I made a choice a long time ago. I was just like, I don't like pumpkin spice lattes. But I've never, ever had pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin spice creamer. Like, I just have never had it. But I was just like, nope, I wouldn't like that. So maybe this year I have to. I just won. Oh. I'm not even joking. I just won a bunch of $10 gift cards at work. So I could go buy myself a pumpkin spice latte with my gift cards. This is the first time I've ever admitted it out loud. The amount of times in my coffee journey, which it's truly been a journey that I've been like, I need to try the pumpkin spice latte. Like, Right, I was going to say, like, and you like sugary drinks. I love sugary drinks. Like, yeah, so I feel like, I feel like you would, I mean, if you even remotely enjoy pumpkin pie, I think you would like it. I'm sure it doesn't just, like, straight up taste like pumpkin. Or does it? No, no, I've had very few. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, do do you, are you on the pumpkin spice train? (sighs) No. Okay, here's the thing. I... Anytime I've tried any coffee that's not just coffee with half and half, I don't like it as much as I want to like it. I really like unique things. Like, I like trying different things, whatever. But, yeah, when I, I've gotten it just a couple times, and every time I'm, like, excited because it feels like the quintessential, like, it's fall, therefore, consuming pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. I drink it, and I'm like, ooh. It also is just, like, a lot of times there's just a fine line between, like, there's so much sugar i feel like i'm gonna die and then like that's that's a pleasant amount of sugar so i that's Mm -hmm. so true i feel like you are one of the more sugar sensitive people i've met not just in like i don't want it on my teeth kind of thing but like your mood can be affected by how much sugar you intake yeah for sure like i definitely and i really don't think i'm making it up no like when i consume sugar i feel on top of the world for a solid hour and then i'm like I'm crashing to the point where I'm, like, wondering about my life's purpose in the next hour. (laughs) And it's just, like, not. But here's the other issue. I 
cannot resist dessert. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like, you know people that are at a holiday party and there's so many cookies and they're like, I don't need one of those. I am not that person. I am like, I must try one of each. And if I feel like I am doubting my life's purpose in an hour, I don't care. I'm going to eat those cookies. And then the next hour, I'm always like, why did I do that? But I freaking love sugar. Oh, I love cookies. 100%. But I don't like sugary drinks. That's fair. Okay, listen. People who are like, I don't really like dessert. I'm just like, oh, you don't. (laughs) It's the (laughs) That's what Austin, my husband, literally says. What? I've seen him. I'm commonly in social settings. When dessert's being passed around, Austin's like, I'm good. I mean, he obviously doesn't say that because he's... He's Austin. No, he's like, I'm good. Yeah, he's Austin. I'm good. You know, he's like, oh, no, thank you. He's very polite. Austin's much nicer than me, <laughs> as I've covered previously. And um, then I, I'm always like, shut up and eat it. I'm just like, you want the dessert. Don't be that guy right now. And he like always looks at me really innocently and is like, I, 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 actually, I, actually, don't, I actually don't want it. And I'm like, eat it. I have to. I just... Because... Something in me is like, I'm eating dessert and I know it's very high in calories and it's not great for me, but I really want it. So you should also do that thing. You should also consume it and and also feel like garbage in an hour. But Austin yeah. literally says, he claims, he claims as a child that he would like resist desserts, but like literally ask for fruits and vegetables. His mom also confirmed it, but like, what? Is that not the weirdest thing you've ever heard? You're sure he's not a robot? What? You've checked. Mm-hmm. He might be. There's some weird. There's some there's weird some, going on there. There's some ticks, loves, but you know. <laughs> yep. Loves to run far. I would put that in the same category as choosing fruits and vegetables over sugar. But yes, whatever. Uh, agreed. 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 <sighs> okay, I had another question. Oh, describe your last seven days with one word or a phrase. If you can't stick to one word, a phrase. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> not have been better i am so glad that i opened it up to be a phrase jesus take the wheel what what would your phrase be shambles but we're pushing forward (laughs) (laughs) truly honestly yes (laughs) this is this is an illustration of me like I'm carrying 800 things and it's like when you're trying to clean your house and you do that thing with your shirt where you like fill it up with stuff and I take a step and I drop something and I have to like turn around and like grab it again. That's just my life. I just love that you go, you know, that thing you do with your shirt when you clean the house. Oh, doesn't everyone? Okay. Everybody immediately looked down at their shirt and like grabbed both ends of it. Like they're going to put stuff in. Like, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The fact that one day I could potentially be a parent is just frightening. It tells you where I'm at. I still clean my house with my shirt open and collecting things. I should follow up that like, I mean, I'm totally being dramatic when I say shambles, but we're still going. But (laughs) what it's related to mostly is just like, I have a full-time job and I'm getting my MBA and I'm married and I have a house and a dog and 
I just, sometimes this week in particular, I'm just like, whoa, whoa. Yes. Like, I, it, I really want it. We talked about this in another <coughs> chitty chat, but I just really want to do everything really well. And it feels mm-hmm. like impossible right now. Yes. Like, something's not going to be 100. It's just not. And so... I like, I feel like I'm really good with that. Mm-hmm. I think the issue that it's hard for me is like the week to week, what is not going to be as good? Like, what do you have to pick um, to to sort of let it be what it is? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then also like not, uh, <clears throat> not like literally talk to no, any of my friends or my family or whatever. Like, I don't want to also... <clears throat> do all these things at the expense of my <laughs> social Definitely. life and people I care about. So balance is hard. D- I totally agree. I'm not getting my MBA. I only have a full-time job and I... But you work a lot more hours than me, well, truly. But still, well, I mean... <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's just the kind of thing where it's like, I think I definitely close into that shell of like, I let my relationships fall by the wayside. And I just like, the busier that I get with my job or like the more stressful my job becomes, the more I pull away from the outside world. Like I stop responding to texts. Mm-hmm. I don't answer calls. I doom scroll on Facebook, but I don't like anyone's mm. posts or anything because I just don't. I want to be shut off from the world. Like, I just don't want to exist anywhere else except for the one thing that I'm trying to focus on, which is more often than not my job. So. Yep. All right. Should we get to our word? Yeah. Um, our word today is opportunity. So according to Google definitions, opportunity is a noun and it means a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. And we're going to use it in a sentence we may see increased opportunities for export. That is the sentence <laughs> that Google used. Well, how should we start this this ding-dang thing, hey? I think that you should go first. Oh, all right. Well, you did go first last time. Yeah, so I want to hear it. Right. One thing that I thought a lot about, passing up on an opportunity. Oh, that's so interesting. Sarah, can you guess something that comes to mind for me when I think about passing up an opportunity. It's a weird thing to make someone guess, but I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean, I, I have one thing in mind, but I don't think that's what you're going to talk about. All right. So let's see if this will be. So when I graduated from college, I was offered a job. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I right when I graduated from college, I... I had, I was living in Marquette, Northern Michigan University, went to school with Sarah. I wanted to move to Grand Rapids, didn't know what I wanted to do. I was overly confident that I would move to Grand Rapids and just get a job, which now is funny to look back on. But um, one of my professors contacted me and was like, hey, I have a job opportunity for you. Someone's interested in hiring you. And I was like, oh. And I felt pretty strongly that I didn't want to stay in Marquette. I, I was actually like hard pass on Marquette for many reasons, but... So I talked to this woman on the phone who was at a marketing agency and we were talking. I remember like thinking in my head, like this is seems like a good opportunity and it seems like I should take it. And I am just not, this is not meant for me is what I remember thinking. 
Like, it's this is just not what I'm supposed to do. And so the lady was talking to me, and I remember her talking about the experience I had and how they really liked that and how they she liked how I was basically talking to her on the phone, my personality, whatever. And I remember I paused and I said, I really appreciate you saying these things. And I kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but I can't take this job. I'm not interested in going further. But you need to talk to my best friend, Sarah, because she is literally the same person as me on paper. And she's very similar to me in personality. And you should definitely hire her. And that's where your first job was out of college. I was going to say, still there five <laughs> years later. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I like literally, when That's I thought crazy. about the word opportunity, that was like, this is one of the first things that came to mind. And I like hadn't taken a moment to reflect back on this because I remember, Sarah, you had to stay in Marquette mm-hmm. because of your husband, Jake. Because mm-hmm. he was still finishing school. Yep, he was finishing up. And I, and you know what's so funny about that story is like in all of our senior year preparation to graduate, I never once was like, I need to start applying for jobs. Like I just never, I was stressed about a lot of things at that time. And getting a job was just sort of one of those things that I just went right over my head, didn't even worry about. And then you were like, hey, you should apply for this thing. And I was like, oh, that's right. I need a job. I'm about to be an adult. And there it was. Right. And that's like the funniest thing too, because I was the exact same way. Which is totally not like either of our personalities. Like, what was that about? I was stressed about so many things, but I was just like hyper confident that I was just going to get some job in Grand Rapids. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even remember us talking about it. It was just like, mm. Honestly, like I genuinely don't think, I mean, we probably had like one or two conversations, but we never had conversations of like, hey, what jobs are you applying for this week? And I think right. everyone around us was like applying for jobs. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I remember people and I don't I don't know what I was thinking. I I really don't. Yeah, no me neither. But you got that job and I moved to Grand Rapids and I got a job a couple of weeks later. That's wild. Life is crazy. Life is crazy. So, yeah, my sort of segue about that is I just spent a lot of time on this word thinking about passing up on opportunities. So, I think when I was younger, I had something in my head that was basically like is that things would be handed to you and you would take those opportunities. I never really considered that there would be things that would come to you that you will have to consciously, actively choose to not to not go towards. I also, I think, used to have much more of like a scarcity mentality in terms of like, there's not enough. I have to take whatever's given to me. I have a limited amount of chances. And so I remember thinking sort of like, on the cusp of that thought process when I passed up on that job in Marquette. Yeah. I remember thinking, what if this is the only job that I could have? And I just gave it to my best friend. Like, I'm really glad I did that, but I, what if, what if that's it for me? Like, and and I realize now that's like the silliest thing ever, but I think a lot of times we can easily get into that thought process about pretty much anything. Um, And I think in terms of like passing up on an opportunity, the importance of knowing who you are, what you want, and and using that to pass up on the proper things, I guess. And I yes. I think that things can also look really, really good on paper or whatever. They might look really good to someone else, but they very well might not be for you. And you might need to let that opportunity go so someone else can 
I've had several opportunities in the past couple years to work elsewhere. It took a lot for me to not be like, ooh, I got to do that because someone was was presenting it to me, right? And then realizing like, oh, I actually, actually have a lot of choice in the opportunities I take. And it's actually more about what I want than it is someone else handing it to me. And I think it's really easy to get distracted by opportunities as well. That's mm-hmm. such a good point. The opportunities that you choose to like act on should be things that are going to further your life's goals. And I feel like, too, if you think about the opportunities that you take advantage of, it's like they should be things you know are going to bring you genuine joy. So if you would have taken that job in Marquette because you felt like it was your only opportunity, you would have been stuck in a location that you were like, I really don't want to live here. That's not going to bring you joy. That would have just been taking an opportunity out of fear of loss, like literal FOMO. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, this like word caused me to like reflect a lot more than I was expecting. I think that's, yeah, there's just been so many things looking back in my short time on this earth. (laughs) So many opportunities that I've passed up on that now I can see it seems clear, right? Like yeah. it seems like looking back, I'm like, yeah, of course I wouldn't have done that. But like in the moment, it can seem so much like a, what do I do? What do you think your youngest memory of passing up an opportunity was? It's probably related to sports. Yeah. So I went to a super small school, like graduated with 30 kids. So you can literally, not only can you play any and every sport, you also are begged to play any and every sport because if you don't show up, they might not have a team, okay? And I, like, sort of couldn't stand sports. Uh, that might sound strong, but it, close. I just really, I've never been very competitive as it, when it comes to athletics. I had a, have a vivid memory of being on the volleyball team, and we, we lost, like, every game. And I really didn't care. It didn't affect me. I was I I wasn't having fun necessarily, but I wasn't not having fun. And I really liked this is I mean probably like a, a connecting thing of my life is I really enjoyed the people. Like I really enjoyed being with the people. Yeah. Like there was nothing about the game. There was nothing about the competition that I was like rah rah let's do this. I was literally just like this is fun to be with people. Okay. So obviously I wasn't very good at volleyball if you didn't pick that up from what I just said because if I was, I would have cared. But um, anyways, I remember like we lost a game and I immediately was like, oh, that was super fun. Good job, everyone. And everyone was not pleased with my response Um, (laughs) because they were like upset that we lost, you know? Like that's a normal like teenage 13-year-old girl response, we lost the volleyball game. But I was like, whatever. Who cares about this? This is whatever. (laughs) This is Class D volleyball. Like, Class D volleyball in northern Michigan, guys. Like, I once played basketball. I once played volleyball. I played volleyball up to 10th grade. And then I passed up up on the opportunity, let's say, to play sports further. I did it mostly so I could participate in dance more. But I remember consciously, like, Thinking every sports season, I could have done that. Yeah. I could have done that. Looking back, it was so formative that I didn't because most people that I was around chose to play sports um, while I did dance. But I really loved dance. Like that was, you know, I was like making an active 
choice to do that from a pretty young age. But yeah, I remember thinking, I mean, again, this is totally, I, I didn't at all. I wasn't like, oh man, I wish I could get out there and serve the volleyball. I was like, <laughs> oh, my friends are probably on the bus having so much fun. Like all my favorite memories from volleyball are literally going to fast food restaurants after playing volleyball. Like that's pretty <laughs> telling. Also, I loved sitting on the bench. I loved it. I really liked my volleyball coach. She was super great. And I loved sitting on the bench and talking to her. Like, I was probably, whenever she would put me in the game, I'd be like, really? Really right now? There's seven of us and you're going to put me in there? Like, no. So missed opportunities. Yeah, that's probably, that was probably, that was a big, and it was reoccurring. You know, it was like every sports season. I remember every year thinking, oh, I could try to play softball. I'd never played softball. That would have been a terrible idea. I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't even like hardly catch a basketball. The, the thought that I could catch a softball with a mitt is unbelievable. You would have definitely needed the face shield to protect you. Oh, yeah, I would have been that kid with like the, the like the safety goggles and the like mouth guard. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. But I remember every year just like, ah, oh, should I play? never did it's interesting too because like even from a young age you were passing up on those opportunities to take advantage of an opportunity to do something that you genuinely enjoyed which was dance yeah it's 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 so crazy how life does that like when you look back in hindsight and the opportunities that you choose to take advantage of or not take advantage of are the things that end up forming who you become as a person all right sarah you you talk what 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 did opportunity have you thinking about? I chose the opposite. I chose taking advantage of an opportunity. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, That's awesome. So there's a lot of opportunity. Honestly, the, you saying the thing about passing up on opportunities has me like literally going down a wormhole of like <laughs> opportunities that I passed up on that have truly formed my life and like without those things happening – things would not have fallen into place. But anyway, this is definitely a very formative opportunity that I took advantage of. So I'm talking about how I eventually became a graphic designer. So... Oh! (laughs) Okay! The long form story that's not going to be super long. But when I was in high school... I took this off-campus class. We had this like education for the arts opportunity. So two hours of my day, I would leave the high school and I would go downtown and there was this like studio and I was um, really into like making movies. Like my goal was I really wanted to be a director. I wanted to work on a set. Like I wanted to... I wanted to make stuff that was that was really fun. So this class, like, we could go out and we had these big old cameras and, like, we could make movies and edit them together. And it was awesome. But in our senior year, so I did it for two years, our senior year was more open-ended. Our senior year was about um, building a portfolio for ourselves. And there was this kid who – he was just good at, like, everything. He, I mean, he was one of those. Like, he showed up to class one day – and it was on a presentation day and he had made posters for something and I was like that is that's like the coolest thing ever what a fun I don't know a fun thing to do and without even realizing like that was sort of a pattern in my life like I really enjoyed 
making posters in high school. Um, I've like ran for a bunch of like different type of like, you know, class president and student council president, like all those types of campaigns. I would love making my own posters. I loved designing my PowerPoints for presentations and making poster boards for class projects. Like that was my thing. And like I used to make my dad a newspaper one summer every day he would go to work and I would just make this like newspaper in Microsoft Publisher. I just like design. Yes. So I went to school, eventually like went to Northern and was just like, I'm just going to stick with digital cinema because that's sort of been my plan. And I realized really early on that the, the people that were around me seemed very passionate about it. And they didn't just want to do it when we were in class. They wanted to do it all the time. Like they would think about it. They would research it. They would use equipment. Like they loved it. And I did not feel that way. I just like used it as like, I need to just get through this. I had just gotten Pinterest. And so I was looking constantly at like really cool design stuff, but I'm also really into interior design. And both of my parents are architects. And so um, I was like, I think I want to be an interior designer. Like I think I would genuinely really enjoy that. But unfortunately the interior design program had just faded out of Northern. Like the, the curriculum had been turned into something else. So I was like, I guess that's just not in the cards for me. That's not what I'm meant to do. So I'll just stick with the digital cinema thing. But part of our core curriculum, I had to take a design class, like a first level design class. Oh my gosh. Whatever that class, 8201, whatever the class was. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. Like I just, and that is when I realized like, I am passionate about this. Like, I want to research this. I want to look at this when I'm not in class. Like, this is all I care about. This is what I want to do. And this girl came in one day and she was like, oh, we have this job opening on campus for, we're looking for student graphic designers. And um, we would prefer it be like a, a major that, you know, a graphic design major. So that's why she came to our class. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, crap, like, that's not me. So I guess I shouldn't apply. I just decided, whatever, I'm going to apply anyway. I had some big D energy that I was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm a digital cinema major. I'm going to apply for this job. <laughs> With literally, bless that, no portfolio. I had done three projects in this class, like, whatever. But they ended up interviewing me because I... Of all things, Eliza, I think back on this and I'm like, you know what's cringe behavior? Handwriting <laughs> your job application. Cringe. That's cringe. What? Yeah, like she handed oh, out oh, those like packets of paper. Oh, and you filled it out. Yeah, I like wrote yeah, yeah, on okay. it. And so they interviewed me because they wanted to ask me. This is going to make it sound like my handwriting is a lot better than it is. It is not. Oh, your handwriting is so good. I don't. I don't know it about that. It looks like a font. It looks like a font. Well, that's why they interviewed me. They wanted to ask me if, if I wrote it or if I typed it. And I was like, I wrote it. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. I ended up getting the job, which was wild. And, you know, it took me like literally three years to change my major to be a graphic design major. But, yeah, what a um, ridiculous thing that was. <laughs> literally every day, Eliza and our other coworker were like, you should just switch your major. That's so silly. Just do it. And I don't know why I was bound and determined to be like, I'm going to get my degree in digital cinema because I freaking hated it. Like, could not stand it. Um, 
So I guess all in all, what did I get out of this opportunity that I decided to take on a whim? I definitely got some of the best college experiences of my life. I loved working in that office. I made literally a a lifelong friend and other lifelong friends from that office. Like the people we worked with were the best. Um, I had a design job for three years of school, which immediately, I think it helped me in my classes and it helped me get a job right out of school that I was an effective designer. I I didn't feel entry level, which was great. And I definitely found out what I was actually passionate about. I couldn't imagine if I had forced myself to get through digital cinema and then did that for a living. I would be very, very miserable. Um, And I, although am not uh, a graphic designer right now, it's definitely something that I still practice every day. Um, And I'm still passionate about it, excited about it. It's one of those things where you like, sort of wake up and it just happens naturally that you think about design in a certain way. Um, And so I think that's really cool. If I had let the limitation of I'm a digital cinema major, they asked for something else, so I'm just not going to apply. I definitely like my my course of life would have totally changed. So I think it's super important in life to take on opportunities to learn and grow in the things that you like no matter what level that you're at. And that still applies to my job to this day. I think it's really, really important if you want to be a successful person to take advantage of opportunities to learn as much as you can as long as it applies to advancing in the things that you love and enjoy. Saying, being a yes man is one thing, uh, which I definitely have a tendency to be a yes man, but also saying yes to things even when they're scary can really open up doors that you never really expected and you can be so much more than you ever even thought that you would because you are allowing yourself to grow in ways that you didn't even think were possible how do you know your limits if you don't ever push them you know what i mean yeah so that's that's sort of my two cents on opportunity yeah I love that, Sarah. Thanks for sharing. We both talked about job opportunities. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I do have something that I can say that's not about opportunities with jobs. Oh, good. Good. Those were obviously those both came to mind for us quickly. <laughs> but um, one thing you didn't explicitly say this, but I was the best friend that Sarah met at that job. It, yes. Eliza was so... 100% the best friend. I, yes. Star, star, asterisk, BFF. Forever, lifelong. VFF, four Fs. So many, so many Fs and fours at the end. Yep. We had some mm-hmm. good times in that office. Yeah. It was a really good time. It was a really good time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny that we both thought of those two stories. It's kind of like, I mean, one really led to the other. Like, it, truly. That job led to the opportunity. That's why I said when I had that, um, when I talked to the lady on the phone, that's why I literally said, like, the friend I'm going to refer to you to that I think should have this job is literally the same person as me on paper because we literally <laughs> have the same position in the same place for three years. Yeah. And very similar experience with design. Definitely. So. And you never yeah. learn, like, honestly, if I was going to give advice to anybody in college, if you can get a job in the field that you're studying, it's it's priceless. Like, 
any any sacrifice that you make to have that job is totally worth it because you're going to learn 8 million times more doing on-the-job things than you are just classwork and coursework. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost comical. Like the... Yeah. I remember thinking, I feel like I could just drop out of college and just work here and then uh, I'd be just fine. But then I yeah. realized that I couldn't keep the job uh, if I didn't work at the university <laughs> or if I didn't go to school there. So... <laughs> The amount of times our, in our senior year, and maybe even our junior year, where I was like, if my computer crashes and I lose this whole project, I'm just going to drop out. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm done here. I'm not doing this it is again. Where, this is where it stops. Right here. <laughs> so. <laughs> LOL. Oh, man. Yep, lol. Uh, okay, well, again, thanks so much for sharing, Sarah. Yeah. I just love that story. That's a good story. I want to hear about opportunity non-work related that you thought of. Okay. Um, so uh, I also thought about creating opportunities. Ooh, so, love, 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 love. Um, <laughs> comes in threes. So I'm sure that this will come up later more, but the quick and dirty of this story is that I had a friend acquaintance in high school who passed away from leukemia. And if I look back on, again, my short little life, that really was like changed the trajectory of a lot of things for me. But I had a really hard time with it. I mean... I think as one would, I was very blessed to have a really, really loving parents and a great childhood. And so probably that was, that was, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of pain in her in a small community, right? I grew up in a super small town and I remember thinking I could just feel crummy about this forever and ask God why this could ever happen or I could do something about it. And so I was very upset by the whole thing. I I wasn't necessarily angry, but I was very upset. Long story short, I found the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a fundraiser. I'm going to do it in memory of Maris. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to do this thing. I was 17 years old. I didn't know how to run an event, but I decided I was going to do it. Like 400-ish people showed up and we raised like over $10,000 and it performed better than the same event that they had in Kalamazoo, which is wow. a much larger place than Central Lake. I probably, like, of the things in my life, that's probably the thing I'm, like, the most proud of thus far. That's amazing. In terms of, like, thinking about, right, where I might want my life to go, I've reflected on that a lot of, like, why was that so impactful in my life, right? And it really, truly was, like, A, you can do really tough stuff. B, you can do more than you ever thought you could do and see whatever state you're in, whoever you are, your age, your background, you can you can do the thing if you just try to do the thing. And so, yeah, in, in light of that, I'm just very passionate about creating opportunities for yourself and not putting excuses because I had a million and one excuses about why that couldn't have come together. There were several things leading up until it happened, that I was like, this might not work. Um, Particularly because, like, a 17-year-old doesn't really think about things like permits for the city or that if you're going to have a walk, that you will need to have police officers 
to make it possible to walk on the road, right? Um, so, yeah, it, a lot of funny stories around that. But, yeah, making opportunities. That's another thing I thought about. Just That's amazing. The importance of believing in yourself enough to create opportunities. Thank you, Sarah. I, I didn't know. So I, I knew about you organizing the walk and like that that had been a big part of your end of high school experience I didn't know I don't think you've ever shared with me how truly successful it was (laughs) that's so cool yeah it was really cool wow it was really cool what a great way to honor your friend's memory and yeah create a really great opportunity which maybe even provided a little bit of closure for you to feel like I don't know, that you took something really negative and um, were able to do something positive with it. And I don't, I mean, probably because I feel like, except for in this format, I have never wanted it to be like, oh, my own horn. And so that's what I feel like. I obviously did not do that alone, right? There were so many people involved. There had to be so many people involved. But I mean, that's kind of every good success story. You don't do anything in in life on your own. You just don't. Yes. Um, it's always with someone else and because of someone else and because of the help of others. So. True. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, opportunity. Well, Sarah, should we land the plane? <sighs> yeah. How do we want to end this sucker? Do you have anything else? <sighs> do it. Hold on. Let me look at my notes. All right. Because right. I wrote some end stuff. All right. Great. Oh. Because <laughs> I wrote some end there's make it good there's three bullet points here i'm gonna read them to you okay what what these three bullet points say okay sarah thanks for listening (laughs) follow us at insert handles and we'll see you again next time (laughs) you had to write that down (laughs) it's written on the screen oh my gosh thank you sarah i still don't have an ipad sarah just showed me her ipad and Oh, man. It looks really nice. Okay, here's the thing. This is sort of like a word of advice, I guess. This is my word of advice for the week. Get an iPad. Literally anyone. (laughs) I don't... I just don't know if that counts as a word of advice. I think it's more like a command. Okay, yeah, maybe it's... Yeah, I'm not... A word of command. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I don't remember (laughs) if it was here that I said this, but like top three best days of my life got married got a dog got an ipad that is it no i it, if it wasn't here it was definitely to me because i remember you saying that and like almost just falling over oh it was but it's true like people are like that's dramatic the ipad changed my life so everybody <laughs> go out purchase an ipad <laughs> don't forget the pencil you need it if you're in the checkout and you're like i don't know maybe i shouldn't get the pencil the only reason you should buy an ipad is for the pencil so the amount of passion you just displayed more passion than i've seen out of you in a very long time about an ipad pencil I'm, or apple pencil what are they called oh, i guess they're apple pencil, pencil? apple pencils but apple penta well i got it because i'm somebody who uses notebooks like constantly like your girl writes on paper all day just like i gotta doodle yeah. i gotta write i gotta take notes i gotta do something mm-hmm. and i was like well i just go through so much paper i could get an ipad and then i could use that as my notebook and it changed my life it's the best yeah i do think about that every time i'm at work where i'm literally today i consolidated four different to-do lists into one and i was like this is a waste of my life but i'm doing it anyways because the papers were bothering me 
But then I was like, oh, Sarah is smart with that iPad of hers. You can copy and paste. You can duplicate pages. You can you can marquee tool it and put it so it's I mean truly just truly wonderful. If we get analytics from our podcast, I guarantee that like 20% of, <laughs> no, like 50% of the people drop off when we start talking about this extensive iPad conversation. I'm telling you. Not sponsored by Apple, but Apple, please sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that crazy, huge organization. Use my discount Something. code, Sarah Gray Loves iPads, to you get 20% off your iPad purchase. <laughs> Better hope this never gets popular and someone tries to use that and then like sue you for false advertising. Now they have to. She's they lying. have to sponsor Oops. me now because I said it. 20% off, everyone. 20%. Better than the student discount. <laughs> At Apple. The end. All right. I have a closer. If, All right. If your closer was only those three bullet points that I don't think you need to write down, then I've got something better. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So uh, I love Peloton workouts. Woo. Um, one of the things that they say all the time is you don't have to, you get to. And I used to think phrases like that were about as dumb as it gets. Okay. I said it here first, folks. I, I am also one of those people that thinks like mantras and like, I just, I sort all that stuff. I'm like, oh, but I, I have come to realize that they really do work Mm -hmm. like for better or for worse. Those things work. Whenever someone says in a Peloton workout, you know what? You don't have to. You get to do this. Like, my brain is like, yes, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we're just starting from a baseline of I'm not going to be someone that gets on this microphone and talks about mantras, but I just did. <laughs> so I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means about me or where we're headed. But anywho, uh, what I was going to say is that you can treat every day as an opportunity and i truly believe that to my core even though as i say it i feel a little bit like i'm gonna gag because that's just (laughs) really really something that phrase but um so the main things that i think about with every day being an opportunity yeah i'm making a hallmark card about it um is you always have the opportunity to be kind and gracious to other people good one always and so any day you wake up no matter what you do except i was literally thinking in my head what is it possible that someone could have a day where that wouldn't be true and yes if you're hiking alone in the woods that wouldn't work or if you're in (laughs) in jail like i like I, i mentally went on a really long rabbit trail about like what what about there are times where you couldn't do that. So in jail. If you're hiking in the woods alone or you're in jail. But I mean, unless you're in solitary confinement, like you could still be kind and gracious to others. So Yeah. <laughs> you definitely could. It might lead some terrifying paths in prison, but you can. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I gotta circle back to my mantra. <laughs> Every day is an opportunity to be kind and gracious to others. And I just really think that that's my favorite opportunity. That's so, <laughs> so good. I love that. I'm obsessed with that. I oh, that resonates. As I say me. it, it's just I heard a podcast. The only thing that I ever do is listen to podcasts and watch TikTok, apparently, but um <laughs> I was listening to this podcast and um a woman 
she, oh, I'm not going to say this right. I think it was the episode. Mm, okay. It's called The Secret Room. You can listen to the episode yourself, but it's a two-parter about this woman who escaped a sex cult that she ended up accidentally getting involved oh. in. She was manipulated by a man, and then oh. by the time she realized she was in it, she was married to this person. I mean, it was it was intense. So on her journey out of this cult, uh, the very end of the episode, it sounded like she had struggled with you know, some alcoholism after she had gotten out of this cult. And she had been like several, like many years sober. And she said that she wakes up every morning now and she thinks to herself, what am I going to do today to make it a great day? And um, hmm. yeah, ever since I heard that podcast and she said that, I try and wake up in the morning and and definitely, yeah, think that. What, what opportunities today am I going to you know, take or just even, you know, you wake up in the morning and it's your opportunity to start fresh in your mind. And what are you going to do to make it a great day for yourself? It can be small, can be big, Yep. but it's a good reminder. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, Sarah, when you first started that whole thing about the <laughs> accidentally joining a sex call, I really wasn't sure where we were headed. We're like, but I am the tape. glad we ended up there. <laughs> cut the tape. <laughs> cut the tape. Oh my gosh. Okay, this if if all of this content stays inside of this episode, <laughs> this was a wild ride. Opportunity <laughs> a wild ride. It's it's wild out here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whew. All right. Whew. I need a cough drop. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen, sister. All right. So on that note, opportunity. Have a great day. Um, enjoy <laughs> the rest of your however long between now and when we post again. And yeah. uh peace out. Peace out. <laughs> I'll just say a normal one wow, wow. in case I want to cut it. Bye. Alright. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>